and it's actually like a zero waste town in Japan. What? And I, yeah, I believe you separate your trash into 37 or 38 <laughs> different categories. And everybody <laughs> there is OCD. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Alda, where we connect you with some of your favorite sustainable brands. Be sure to check us out at alda.life. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Alda Lifestyle. Oh, I almost forgot something. Protect your wild. Welcome to the Protect Your Wild podcast. I am Colin Campbell, and Avinash is actually out sick this week, uh, but today I'm here with one of our interns who's in charge of our blogs, the Alda Lifestyle blog, Darian Williams. So thank you for uh, for doing this on such short notice. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it was literally like, uh, what, 15 minutes ago, I was like, hey, uh, uh is there any way you could help us out here? Um, luckily, she's a, a fantastic uh, team member here and um, was willing to help at a moment's notice. Um, so yeah, to kick it off, I guess just tell us a, a little bit about yourself and your role with, with Alda. Uh, my name's Darian. I'm from, well... Utah, kind of. Well, sort of from six different states, but mostly Utah. Mostly Utah, okay. And I do mostly blog posts and um, connection. Connection? Collabs. Collabs. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Blogs on Alda's website, and I also try to do Twitter stuff and sometimes Facebook stuff. But I'm an old lady, so I'm not really great at Facebook. <laughs> But Twitter's okay. I'm okay at that. Yeah, just just because people are listening to clarify when she says old lady, she's 56 years old, and I don't know how. <laughs> um, no, but <laughs> um, yeah. How how did uh, you even find us in the first place? Because you're over in Japan right now. First of all, just just to make that that up front. Yeah. Um, well, I actually found you on Chig. <laughs> Chig. Okay which sometimes it's like a website i don't know if you got this rundown in college but like it's a website that i was told about for discount books oh yeah yeah check study and they have a lot of college stuff yeah they've got internships scholarships all that jazz mm -hmm. and i found it on there because i can't really do an internship in japan because my japanese still sucks <laughs> oh true so i was looking for internships in the u.s and I liked Alda because of the lifestyle component. Like, a lot of the internships seemed kind of... Boring. I don't know, shadies, but yeah, maybe boring or like... Wait, we weren't shady? <laughs> no, you weren't shady. <laughs> That's what I'm proud of. Wow. I thought we were super shady. We're like a couple college students who basically are just recently graduated, I guess. And... Uh, um, yeah, that was honestly my biggest insecurity when we were like looking for interns. I was like, are we credible enough? Like, are people just going to be like, who, who are these jackasses trying to uh, 
trying to do something right now. Um. <laughs> I feel like a lot of younger generations, though, are going to be down with new businesses because old or older companies can be really like rigid and bureaucratic, yeah. I feel. Right. And a lot of millennials, <laughs> I think, like to support startups. Yeah, that's fun. true. And especially as like a an intern at any place, there's a good chance that one of those companies you're not going to be kind of given um, the like like freedom to try stuff or the flexibility. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they're so worried they don't want to like take any risks on a new intern. <laughs> right, right, and you know, yeah, it take much more time to kind of like probably prove your worth with the the people in charge there than than somebody who's like i don't know more open i guess to letting people do things um yeah but uh basically when when we kind of put the the call to the wild there we were absolutely stoked that we saw somebody that's in the master's program in japan uh just reached out out of the blue like hey i saw it's remote uh is there any way you know <laughs> that could work out even though i'm overseas and it, it's honestly kind of blown me away at how kind of seamless it's been yeah no biggie about the 15 hour time difference or anything it's right. totally not wednesday over here while it's tuesday over there <laughs> right right yeah it's a it's a new day all all of my work is like done remote it's crazy um so yeah tell us i guess you had an interest obviously in environmental stuff but where exactly did that come from um actually well when i was first in college i thought i'd go into like global hunger and i didn't realize i mean that's obviously an entire an environmental issue but mm-hmm. i'm dumb i guess and i didn't think of it that way i thought of it as like a social issue and from there, I, well, I studied in anthropology as an undergrad, and okay. I took a bioanthro class, and we talked about primates, obviously non-human primates, mm-hmm. and how they're endangered uh, because of economic activities. So I took that, and I turned that into my senior thesis, basically, and that started it. And then I branched out into general environmental business kind of stuff okay and so was that it it seems i guess it all comes from a i guess altruistic mentality that you started with of just i want to do or learn about or help like other people others something besides you know just trying to accrue my own wealth yeah totally because well actually i didn't know anything about environmental issues for most of my life so then when i learned about them i like panicked (laughs) hey you're not the only one you're not the only one we're we're working very hard to yeah teach others who are just like you and want to help and maybe just didn't realize what's going on exactly yeah totally yeah um so now that takes you over to what you're doing now in your master's program so tell us a little bit about that So I'm doing a master's at a school called Sophia University in Tokyo, which the program is Global Environmental Studies. And within that, I work with different advisors in marketing or sustainable business and things like that. So my thesis is about 
mainstreaming sustainable consumption with various green marketing techniques. Wow, what a good fit. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm hoping some of it'll like convert to elder work. Oh, it Actually, absolutely has. It has because in my green marketing class, like half of my notes are like not for the class. They're about things I should do for like elder posts and things. Yeah, that's <laughs> so... awesome. That's that's yeah. so great. Yeah, that's um, literally kind of one of my big issues when I was going through business school was like so much of what I was learning didn't apply to anything yet. And I wasn't able to immediately kind of hit the, hit the ground running per se and say, oh, I just learned about accounting. So uh, just now, though, after starting a company, some of these skills and classes that I absolutely hated provided some skills and kind of a foundational knowledge that's definitely helped get Alda up and up and going but it's it's pretty awesome that you're kind of able to simultaneously learn and apply and and yeah and that's the concern also I think if you're in the social sciences which is just really theoretical by nature yeah, right <laughs> like right if you can actually apply that shit exactly yeah and that that's kind of been my or why I went into to business in the first place is because I think it's a it's how humans get so much stuff done. Like even if I wanted to start a church, if I want to start a nonprofit, if I want to do any host of things, having good like foundational business knowledge and marketing too, um, just to speak to that some, every every entity basically needs marketing. Like you have to not only have a good product, but uh, get your name out there and um, get it to the right people that that can support your cause. Um, again, be it a yeah. nonprofit, a church, a cult, whatever you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what what uh, has your experience been like in Japan so far, and how how long have you been there? It's been really dope. I've been here since September, so can I do basic math? No, seven or eight I can't months. Okay, <laughs> nice. Um, it's been really cool. It's quite different coming from the U.S., especially right it's now. A lot of short with people, the right? Climate, like, <laughs> especially coming from Utah, which is obviously a really conservative state. So there was like right. a lot of tension just in the atmosphere. I feel like. Oh, yeah. And come over here. And people were like, before I left, they were like, oh, you're going to be so relieved. You're going to be totally, like, removed from all of the political stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I have the internet. I can check it. But I'm actually, like, almost completely removed from all the political stuff in the US <laughs> right now. True, true. So, yeah, it's nice. It's peaceful. It's actually not a huge shock because for major world cities tokyo like doesn't have a lot of the problems that a lot of, a lot of other cities have right. like the crime rate is right. weirdly low i hear that's part of like japanese culture in general is like the people are really usually nice and uh especially in public like cordial yeah. and um probably i bet average level of education is probably higher in that city than in most of u.s cities and a host of other reasons yeah, it's a big part of Japanese culture to not inconvenience other people and to not um, lose face. So, yeah. Okay. It's a, quite different from the U.S., I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, just 
I, I wish that I was a little bit more kind of insulated from all the, the news and crap that's happening in the U.S. Like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm, it's> <laughs> it, it is, and I'm not, like, honestly, most of what I see is, like, from random Facebook posts that go around because I don't, mm-hmm. I basically don't watch the news. I try, I intentionally try to limit what news I or current events I have access to because most of it doesn't even matter to what I'm trying to do in my life, you know? just takes up hard drive space yeah (laughs) and then what i guess you regurgitated in some small talk to try to sound like you're knowledgeable or whatever i'd I'd much rather be the one asking questions that's like so uh what's what's going on these days uh what's the top five uh like current events you heard about lately or something and let let somebody else fill me in you know (laughs) yeah um how do they like treat kind of the environment and sustainability over there obviously you're you're studying it so there's got to be a community at least around it that's that's working to change some things but um yeah um it kind of depends on where you are tokyo is obviously like the mega city of the country so Mm -hmm. some downfalls with that and this may not i mean this may not be like a japan thing this may just be like an urban thing right well, obviously the population is a problem because it's so many people in like a small space and the city really banks on like convenience. So the amount of shit you can buy <laughs> everywhere is like insane. Just from like convenience department from, stores. Wait, from what? Com- uh, eh, convenience store. So oh. <laughs> okay. All the convenience. Gotcha. I was like, either I heard it wrong or it's okay. Yeah, there's like a 7-Eleven or like a Family Mart or something on every block. So there's a lot of products and services you can buy, Mm -hmm. which is a problem, obviously, because you need materials from the earth to create those things. Right. But something that's really good in Japan as a whole is their waste management. It's pretty good, I think. So if you've ever heard that if you live in Japan, you have to like separate your waste. That's not a stereotype, that's true. It depends on where you live, but yeah, you have different days where you take out different trash. You have to separate what can be recycled from what's like incinerated and incineration isn't great either. So but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's slightly better than yeah. just throwing it all in, in a the pile. Ocean. <laughs> yeah, like I, it blows me away honestly that it's like 2018 and we have iPhones, but the main way we deal with trash is still putting it in a big pile. Like, yeah, yeah. We don't have our smartest people working in in waste management, but you know, I think it it they, they definitely should be. Um, we're going to be looking like Wally in, you know, 25 <laughs> years or something. Oh, God. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. So are there, are there any, like, uh, consequences if you don't sort your trash properly? or? There's supposed to be. I really? mean, I can't imagine we've been 100% accurate about it since not everything is, like, listed on the... They give you like an info paper for trash separation, but there's supposed to be like fines and things, but so far we haven't run into trouble. I mean, the fact Uh, that there's supposed to even be fines alone is crazy compared to like, think about America. I could, 
probably decide to like shit in my trash can for like a week <laughs> and nobody would say a word like we could you know take our compost and probably put it in the recycling bin and they would just yeah. pick it up and put it in the truck and not even notice you know yeah um it is ridiculous and that that also awareness around it um like think about out in the countryside a lot of places in america you know still don't even have recycling pickup right yeah and i'd or imagine I... Ooh, sorry what? i was just gonna say i'd imagine that that likely be a similar thing in like rural areas of japan and in most countries as well to be honest Actually, I'm not sure because I heard about this. Well, this is just one town mm -hmm. and it's a pretty small town. I don't remember the population, but it's smaller and it's actually like a zero waste town in Japan. What? And I, yeah, I believe you separate your trash into 37 or 38 <laughs> different categories. And everybody <laughs> there has OCD. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure, but. That would be interesting to look into. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly don't think you could even, like, teach Americans to be that detail-oriented or, like, yeah. careful. Um, that, that, that's pretty crazy. It's really different as well, because Japan is quite collectivist, so the idea of doing things as a group or doing what the group does is quite normal, whereas obviously in the U.S. we're, like, very individual and kind of reserve the right to be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Oh, right. Which both have pros and cons. Like, I'm not criticizing one or the other, but... Yeah, no, it, it is an interesting point, because I think that mentality uh, obviously translates to so many other parts of your life outside of just social trends, right? Yeah. America, like you said, we might want to... Or, or there's a big pushback, right, against school uniforms because it removes kids' individuality. Um but at the same time, that, that same kind of mentality that we, we want to just do our own thing or whatever can end up leading to, like, a certain kind of selfishness. Yeah. And I've talked about that on the shameless plug. I don't know. I've talked about that on the blog, how we can, like, really focus on our own, just, like, one action. Like, oh, I'm, like, the only person buying plastic bottles or it's just me using plastic bags or something but it's like a lot of people doing that at the same time so it's a collective problem by exactly. nature right it is yeah and i you know i think the first step is like accepting and acknowledging that it is a problem and then moving forward from there because i honestly have even not been 100 percent perfect about not using plastic produce bags yeah even though i I always don't get them for like peppers and certain things. I'll still, if I get like a pound of green beans or something, I I don't have my, my reusable bags on hand, unfortunately for produce yet. So I need to, I need to get on that and be better. Um, no, same. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. But we're trying. Like actually last semester in a sustainable lifestyles class, my professor did like a count of how many people buy things for their environmental value. And this is a master's course in environmental studies. And there were like, I think five things written on the board for like environmental value. So wow. green people aren't perfect either. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's we're all we're all kind of in this together, I think, and trying to improve our own behaviors, but also like influence others in a way that's not self righteous or um just like naggy, you know? <laughs> yeah, Nobody... that was another reason I liked the elder posting actually, jumping back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the postings were like quite like up themselves about their role as an environmental like organization or anything but yeah yeah um yeah and you uh i mentioned before that the the food there is kind of different and obviously food's a big part of sustainability too but um how how has it been i guess adjusting to food in japan like do you eat any different yourself and um kind of well the thing is i'm vegetarian so i can't eat a lot of the food. right true true but from what i've eaten i like it but there's definitely things that i think if you're not accustomed to like in the u.s we don't eat a ton of like raw food or right. like i don't know how else to say it like slimy food there's a lot of like, texture yeah yeah slimy food but yeah so for instance i went out to with my coworkers to eat like okonomiyaki which is kind of like a savory pancake or something hmm. like it's like noodles and seafood and stuff like flattened they cook it in front of you it sounds gross but it's really good i swear it sounds interesting actually it sounds pretty yeah. interesting it's really good but for one of the starters they got well, first of all, I don't remember what it was called, but it's basically like raw octopus. And then they had... It's called nasty. Basically... That's what it's called. <laughs> basically. <laughs> only the Japanese staff ate it. So they ate that. And then they ordered something also called kind of nasty. Um, it's like stir-fried spinach with sea urchin. Huh. It's... Doesn't sea urchin just look like, like yellow nasty? Like, isn't it like really weird? It's guts, basically. It's, it's guts. like, Delicious. yeah, sea life guts, basically. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. it's just like a blob of yellow, like paste almost right. on the, the spinach. So there's that. In some regions, you can get, like, apparently in the south in Kyushu, you can get raw horse, and that's like a south of Japan. Sorry, my <laughs> my mind immediately went to like Georgia, like the south of the U.S. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can totally get raw meat what are you talking about <laughs> yeah roadkill yeah. <laughs> basically so yeah and something that makes the news a lot is like dolphins right in Japan. i like dolphin hunting which i mean i don't know i'm not the most educated person on this but again i believe it's quite narrow to a very small region in the south it's not like mm. So one of my friend's family members came to visit and was like, but don't they eat dolphins and horse? I'm like, not in Tokyo, really. People eat like chicken and pork, actually. I was shocked at the amount of like fried chicken pork <laughs> you can yeah. get in Tokyo. <laughs> lots of KFCs and stuff. Yeah, there's KFCs, there's McDonald's, there's even a Denny's like right down uh, There's the a Denny's? I would there's not have Denny's. thought a Denny's. I'm like, why would you import denny's but no shade to denny's i'm just saying yeah. should have had waffle house man yes <laughs> that's that's my go-to after uh like long camping trips or, or things like that go to that waffle house cook it up right in front of you you know 
it's good good southern stuff um but yeah i think uh are you talking about with the issue with dolphins and things like that it's one of those like like with ron that we talked to about the elephants especially if it's with a more rural area that their culture and things and and behaviors and stuff are just not like totally up with the modern times and yet we have all these like beliefs and stuff that are about things that don't impact our personal lives whatsoever like maybe you know their economy their their living and and livelihood i guess for their families and stuff is tied to an industry that might be frowned upon but you know reality when you bring it down to like an individual level could be they don't have a backup or they you know yeah and depends like rural areas like everywhere and this is like a global trend are really suffering because everyone's flocking to the cities so right right. kind of taking what they can get also i'm just like again i don't know for sure but i think it's quite a minor practice that happens like once a year right i think i mean people listening can fact check me i don't know so you compare that to how most food meat globally is like uh raised i mean the way we raise our conventional meat is much less sustainable than an annual dolphin hunt i think there's just a knee-jerk reaction to dolphins dying right because they're adorable and they're yeah (laughs) yeah it's like if there's a sloth hunt in costa rica people might be pretty pissed off (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean there's a I I mean it's weird how we deal with food especially with other animals what we choose to eat obviously we've domesticated certain ones but is like intelligence what makes us feel bad about eating certain things or is it like because we just find them cute or is it because there's not many of them left like octopi are super super smart aren't they I I hear like they're up basically with like us and chimpanzees and stuff as you know one of the smartest animals but um isn't isn't there something that like eats them live or something crazy or am i wrong about that yeah you can well it's not tech well it's like it's kind of hard to so you can kill it right to eat but it has some like um, oh the nerves still moving and stuff oh yeah okay so you eat it and it's like almost a hazing kind of thing if as long as you swallow it in time and the suction cups don't suck to your throat like if you eat it and you don't die basically it's like yeah so kind of half alive but kind of not that's weird i was thinking like in my head is like they just put a live octopus on the table and you just like cut its arms off and go in (laughs) i'm glad that doesn't happen Uh, that might be a thing to be honest i don't know (laughs) them crazy japanese people no um (laughs) um but yeah so i definitely uh i I don't know i wouldn't say i don't have the courage but i find it really impressive a that you kind of picked up and moved from i guess a, a somewhat conservative place in utah to uh uh totally another country and totally another culture and um have have just done that whole process like it, it really is kind of a 
a thing that I feel like a lot of people dream about, but not a lot of people actually have the the motivation to do. So how do you like what where where did that idea start? Like why what made you want to move to Japan in the first place and um actually this is hard to explain to like Japanese people especially because I didn't really know anything about Japan before I moved here okay. or before I knew I would move here. So when I was looking into grad schools, I just expanded to global or international programs because why not? I mean, the U.S. has great schools, but so do a lot of other countries. Yeah. So I personally don't really care about the reputation of the school, to be honest with you. I know that's really important for some people. So for me, it didn't matter as long as I liked the program yeah. and if it was a good fit. So I thought this one was the best fit. And thankfully, um, I got in. And from there... I think it depends. I mean, I'm sure it depends on your personality. If you're really more of like a a rigid planner kind of type A right. personality, maybe you would handle it better. But I don't know. I think you plan as much as you can and then you just go for it. Yeah. They're... What's that really cheesy quote that's also true? Like, do shit Beggars now. Beggars can't be choosers. Later or oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the exact phrasing of it either, but it makes sense. Um, yeah, I, with my with my own move, I was uh, very afraid of getting stuck in Gainesville. And I don't know if you have a similar experience where so many of your friends are back in the hometown still, and you know n- nothing wrong with it. But uh, I just it wasn't for me. And I I like six months ahead of time at least started uh, planning and figuring out how I was going to move, finding a place to live, all this crap. And I was, I was definitely more of a planner. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could so easily just back out if I, if I wanted to decide so to like give myself no, no choice to, <laughs> to turn back. Yeah. I had no choice. I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. At some point you gotta, gotta buy the plane ticket and get on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, no, once I was, like, accepted the school, paid the tuition, which was, like, oh, nice. three or four months before, I was, like, kind of got to go now. That's awesome. But yeah. I think all, like, bumpkins, I say that as a bumpkin, thank you, I'm from a small town as well, like, have that bumpkin. really intense fear, like, I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean... I know there's a lot of people too that that's where their their family is, that's where their best friends or community is or whatever, and they they don't like you know pushing their their comfort zones and expanding I guess their their comfort zone. But right. yeah, I Not... did move here with someone, so I feel like that's a bit of a tip. Like if you have a friend right. or something who's like on the same page as you and they're in like a post grad rut and they don't know what they want to do or something like move to a different country together true yeah i wish i tried to get some i've been i've been working on some friends to move out here still to uh boulder oh yeah i like every time people i've had a couple friends visit and i'm just like you know taking them to see the coolest stuff and trying to sell them on it like oh yeah denver is less than an hour away the rockies less than an hour away red rock amphitheater less than an hour away like really selling them that going in for the hard sell kind of (laughs) And then even Alvinash moves to Georgia. He'll Jeez. get out here. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I'm not a big Atlanta fan, but he's. Uh, I'm definitely gonna get him out here asap. Um, 
Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, just to close out, I guess we kind of like to ask people the the same few questions and, and get different takes on it. So uh, the first one is, um, if you were to uh, have to explain what sustainability is to like a toddler, um, mm-hmm. how what would you tell them or how would you do that? My. And I'm an English teacher, and sometimes I teach toddlers, so I feel like I should have a good answer. Mm. To a toddler. (laughs) An English-speaking toddler. (laughs) An English-speaking toddler. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try. His name's Johnny. All right. So you have... You live on the planet. The planet is in deep shit because we keep buying too much stuff. I don't know if that's the right wording for a toddler, (laughs) Darian. That's a little, it's a little edgy. Maybe that's too much for a kid. I don't know. I suck with kids. That's how I'm going to explain it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I'm going to give it to you straight, okay? (laughs) Just, this is what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I tell my sister who has a toddler the problem, and then she'd translate into toddler speak. There you go. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you'd say things suck, and uh, this is why, basically. <laughs> nice. This is why you should not use plastic straws. Yeah. <laughs> Done deal. Um, <laughs> so what is, I guess, one tip that you have or uh, something that you've kind of maybe incorporated in your own life that others maybe who are now trying to get into being more sustainable could could implement into their own pretty easily uh um try not to be discouraged like i feel like most environmental news is like we're all screwed so try not to be discouraged understand that your actions are part of a larger group so when you do things like use reusable or biodegradable products or things that were made sustainably it's part of a group of other people doing things sustainably so remember that um don't stop yeah that's a really good tip because i as far as getting discouraged go the more informed like ignorance is bliss right the more informed you get the more like kind of is it even worth doing like are we just already totally screwed like (laughs) yeah yeah so keep hope alive keep keep uh working to make your own life a little bit more sustainable i like that And if you advertise it on like your SM channels, that always helps. Yeah, yeah. Spread it, spread it with your friends and your family and people that that you know respect you. And I've yeah. I've had a lot of a lot of my kind of aunts and uncles and and family remember that I I care about environmental stuff. So they'll like not buy me a card and they'll like just write it on a piece of paper or something. <laughs> wrap things. They wrap things in newspaper instead of in you know gift wrap yeah yeah i appreciate it for sure yeah word of mouth is still really powerful absolutely yeah um so yeah are there i guess any just kind of general lasts like closing thoughts that you have for all two and a half listeners not including my (laughs) parents (laughs) um do shit now be scared later Perfect. And remember your reusable bags. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, thanks again for uh, your time, Darian, and, and doing it on such short notice. I really do appreciate it. Again, that was Darian Williams, our blog 
extraordinaire. Um, if you'd like to check out our work, uh, check out the Alda Lifestyle blog and hopefully you'll learn some great tips and have a few laughs. She really is a fantastic writer. Um, and as always, protect your wild. Special thanks to my good friend Valleys for our incredible theme song. If you want to check them out, go to Spotify or SoundCloud and type in V-A-L-L-E-Y-Z.